Hello, everybody. It's Peter Nicholas Dunn bringing you things once again for an hour. It's the worst part of your week. Uh, joining me, uh, yeah, Kristen Alanius, fan favorite, uh, joins me to solo co-host the show as Damien is on community duty this week. Uh, hello, Kristen. Hello, Pete. So last week we 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 lovingly teased you about all of your media uh, appearances. Little did we know at the time how how significant those appearances were. So last week when we did the show, we were like, "Oh, Kristen was in a couple different places." We actually got the report after the show. It was a lot. It was insane. <laughs> you were on. Um, dare I say, and I will say, a hundred and fifty news outlets last week 150 news outlets including one that i've never been on uh al jazeera i've always wanted to be on al jazeera (laughs) that's funny uh so damien is at the auburn cord duesenberg festival this weekend it's a big part of his life it's up near where he lives in northern indiana it's a classic cars thing i'm not a car guy so i don't know if there's i don't know what like pontiac grand dams i don't know what's there Kristen, do you have any idea i don't know i don't know i just know i support dame and he supports that so vicariously we support that don't we yes we do uh good morning danza and big rick swink uh Kristen, what's on your mind this week before we get ready for the show um, thinking about how glad I am that I didn't know how many places my name would be in advance of my name being places. I got another one. I got another report this week, just late in the week. There was another big, like you had another big run. Here it is right here. The FSA you, thing. Yeah. You were on, yeah. um, go banking rates. Um, Yahoo News with 63 million viewers. Yahoo Finance with 42 million viewers. AOL with 20 million viewers. And I don't want to, I don't know who's, I never mind. I'm not going to comment. I, you know what I mean? Fine. Yep. You know I, know I mean, what I mean, yep. Like, do, do they have to load the CD? Probably in their, uh, update their status. Uh, Rochelle. Oh, Caitlin Alinius is joining us. Uh, hey. Troy Montagnier. Um, and then Yahoo. Uh, Finzance, which is Spanish language, 286,000 people. Did you even do the interview in Spanish? Mm-mm. I didn't click. I didn't click the link. Did they translate it? Sure. Um, no say. No say. That was, I don't know in Spanish. Thank you. Okay. Um, Kristen, I, I want to let you know that uh, we give personal finance advice for a living and, and I've done so for 20 two years or so. And I still have to do things in my personal finances to trick my dumb brain. This week I opened a new savings account um, to, to put some money into because I just noticed that my, uh, my habits have gotten really weird over the last few months. Mm -hmm. I find myself uh, being very spending quite liberally Right. Um, and so I needed to pull that back a bit. So I opened a new savings account this week and created a new habit. And I say that because I don't think we can do our job effectively around here unless we are sensitive to our own behavior challenges. So uh, this is my uh, 
this is my safe space confession. Having the knowledge does not mean that you're also not human because so much of it is behavior. So I empathize with that and we'll talk about it here in a minute, I think. Oh, well, good. Let's do it then. All right. Um, show this week. We've got what is a sinking fund? Maybe two segments of that. Mm-hmm. We got an unbelievably awesome email. I don't know how, what's the adjective there? Um, it's awesome, but she's also in a really tough place. So yeah. saying that almost feels, it almost feels wrong to describe it that way. Dynamic. Yeah. Mm. It's something. I don't know. It's remarkable. Mm. That is. Well, yeah. We'll see. Um, and then maybe some student loan stuff, but we hit it so hard last week. It's just like, oh, come on. Yeah, they're forgiven. Maybe, unless it gets fought, then the biggest waste of money week in the news. Um, all right, let's let's do this <laughs> little dance. All right. <laughs> I did some media last or this week. I mean... You know when the old man gets back out there doing media, that it's a it's a full court press. You think Dame's watching the show? Um, that's a great question. I hope not. It's his day off. I really. <laughs> I and by the way, Dame, you know you, him. <laughs> if you are watching the show, I hope you did not take PTO, and I hope you took um, uh, VTO. I hope you took this as your volunteer day, okay, as opposed to a piece of piece of pto whatever that means hey daniel okay all right oh happy labor day weekend everybody Kristen, how do you celebrate labor day food food oh my gosh (laughs) i showed you a picture of me from 20 years ago before the the show started that you did should i show the the people oh the people would love that i feel (laughs) okay all right let me show the people so Kristen, here's what I want to make sure I, I've shared this picture over the years at various times. And I, I want to share something before I share it. Uh, and it is this, I am not uh, body shaming, even my past self. I, I just need you to know that I look incredibly different than I used to look. Is that a good way to, to express what I'm trying to express? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> okay. I look very different in this photo than maybe what you all are used to. And I'm not body shaming myself. I have a positive body image, both in the past and the present. And by the way, ha 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 podcast listeners, you have no idea what's about to happen. Here we go. Oh my. All right. So this was a a young (laughs) podcast listeners are like, what am I doing? There are actual professional broadcasters who would never do this. And and we've got star of Al Jazeera, Kristen Alanius participating in this. <laughs> All right. So this is me at age 20. <laughs> the shocked emojis going up on the stream. <laughs> this is me at age 22 and uh, 24. And, and what you'll notice is a couple things. Number one, look at that head of hair. What do you think about that, Christy? I mean, uh, the deficiency must have set in after age 24, apparently. Yeah. I was at a different health state in these days, but you know, I, here's the thing. I, I was a college athlete. It was an athlete all through uh, my teen years, adolescence. And so like, I, I still thought I had the metabolism of an athlete. That's fair. But it turns out I didn't. I'm apparently wearing president Obama's suit <laughs> that he caught so much grief over. 
<laughs> and my 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 lovely wife um it looks seven years old and she was 24 uh so anyway there we go there's a little what? show and tell for you everybody Kristen, You're show welcome. a picture of you 20 years ago yeah <laughs> <laughs> no don't do that because then it's like why who's the baby exactly. um okay all right let's start the show midwest mushy is what troy said um kind of harsh troy i mean come on After people are, people at that time <laughs> you know people are like you're a really good hugger and it's like <laughs> i think that just means that it's like a soft landing you know people do say stuff like that <laughs> Don't they? They're like, oh, he's such a good hugger. That's terrible. <laughs> a good hugger is the creepiest way to describe someone. So bad. Oh, oh he's God. a good hugger. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you saved that one for the live stream. That was funny. I want you to know that I get criticism a lot. And occasionally it's things like, just do a, just, just be a financial podcast. Like everyone's, a it's like, I feel you. There's a lot of amazing financial podcasts that are better than 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 ours, um, but this is what I want to do, and I really don't care if people don't like it. This is what I want. This is my dream. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you I ever mean... think you wish you were on like a good financial podcast? Have you ever <laughs> sat and regretted your my standing? career trajectory? Yeah. Have you ever no. thought about that? No, I don't want to. No, I don't want to be on a stuffy show. Okay. Absolutely not. All right, well, good. In three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works you email us, ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. That's ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. And here's what we'll do we will answer your email. Uh, so, Kristen Alanius joins me as always. Uh, Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be back. And I am uh, sending a Slack message to start the show because someone is in our studio and no one else is here except me. And so I'm trying to figure out who it is. Oh, no. Probably disgruntled listener. Good times. Uh, Dame Dunn, Damian Dunn joins us uh, next week. Uh, just Damian and I next week. He is uh, off today. Kristen is off next week, so apparently I never get any time off, but I'm glad that your career is going well, Kristen. Um, Kristen, last week we talked a lot about student loans. This week we are switching it up, and we are identifying a hole in a person's finances that can actually be filled with a sinking fund. What is a sinking fund, and how is a person supposed to use it? A sinking fund is similar to an emergency savings account, in my opinion, but the primary difference is that you plan to take money out of a sinking fund or the money, it would be too much money for your emergency savings fund maybe to absorb on a more frequent basis. So I would use in a sinking fund for things like your car insurance, if you pay it every six months, or maybe you might have a sinking fund for your pets, uh, infrequent expenses that you don't necessarily want to absorb monthly, but that don't really fit in your emergency savings account. I feel you. So this is planned uh, depletion of accumulated money. Correct. 
That was much better. Thank you for that. No, I don't know if it was. I feel like mine was more verbose. Yours was more down to earth. Uh, So help me understand this. Is there a time frame associated with the withdrawal expectation of the withdrawal? I don't think there has to be. I think it's person dependent because for I'll draw on my own experiences. I have some funds set aside in a sinking fund for if I would have a major medical expense for my dogs, for example, to me, that's different from my emergency fund and vet bills are very expensive and my dogs don't have health insurance like I do. So do I hope to never have to use those dollars? Yes. But do I want them to be there in case I need them? Yes. But on the opposite end of that, I also think I put my monthly HOA because it doesn't come out as part of escrow. My monthly HOA goes in a sinking fund. So I think it just depends on your goals. So how do you keep track of this? Because if you've got five, six, seven sinking, what do we call the expenses? Like you call them sinking expense? That doesn't seem like a thing. Five or six items. How do you keep track of what's for what? Do you have a, a spreadsheet? Well, you know that I do, but I also know that that's not realistic for a lot of people. So one of the other things that I personally do is I put those expenses that I don't really think are going to happen for a while. So that goes back to like my dogs or maybe a future home renovation project that I might have. And those dollars go in a separate financial institution that I don't have immediate access to. And then I keep a savings account for the dollars that I expect to come right back out of my account. So again, for me, that's my HOA. For you, that might be your car insurance. So consistent, but infrequent expenses. Yeah. Like uh, license plates. Um, You know, I think ours are always due in April. I got to pay for those. And Mm -hmm. depending on the age of your car at the time can be rather expensive. Uh, I think this is also good for like tuition costs if they're not spread out monthly or you know, uh, childcare or youth travel sports where maybe there's a big payment due at, at the beginning of a season. I know that you noted um, pets and, and mm-hmm. I, I would like to actually draw a line between expected healthcare for pets and unexpected healthcare for pets and how you fund those differently. Yeah, because I know perfect time uh, using my own experience. Again, my dogs go to the vet next week and that's their annual expense and it will be salty. So that that amount is in my infrequent um, or infrequent savings or sinking fund, but really it probably should be sitting in the other one if I am truly adopting this, which full transparency, I have... Um, newly embraced this 110%. So I'm ironing out some of the logistics. Yeah. I mean, you've had some some significant changes in, in your expenses just as you yes. become a homeowner. And, you know, I, I, and so you, you as a personal finance expert have to have the wherewithal to say, I need to take a breath. Mm-hmm. I need to slow down and, and I need to do something like this. I, I you know, I, I have to admit, I, I've had some changes in my personal finances too here recently where I noticed that I was just spending money in a weird way. And so I I changed it this week. I opened Mm -hmm. a new savings account, added a a new element to this. And I think that's the ever evolving nature of personal finance, whether you're an expert or an amateur, is that you have to be cognizant of your habits. And if they start to lead you to a place you don't want to go, you got to implement change. Yeah. 
one of the things that we would preach here is if you have a big life event that you should reevaluate the way that you're spending your money or the way that you're setting up your budget and homeownership absolutely qualifies as one of those things. So I took my own advice and kind of rearranged some things. And we were talking before the show, I fully adopted the lazy man's budget which is where you really only give yourself access to the money that you're willing to spend um, between your pay periods. And it kicked my rear. I had a hard time um, as I was ending the pay period. I had $12 in my checking account, which is fine because I plan to spend the money anyway, but I certainly didn't expect to be cutting it that close. So it was a good reality check for me. You know, numerous times over the years, Kristen, my my checking account's gotten down to 50 bucks or less. Mm-hmm. And you tell people this. I mean, we, we're saying it on a syndicated radio show and, and, and <laughs> podcast with with nearly 3 million downloads at this point. And you think, wow, people are not going to take my advice because they think I am broke. But but we're actually working our system the way it's meant to be worked. Um, yeah. And and this isn't about being tedious individuals that are not fun to talk to at parties. At least that's how you are. You are not not fun to talk to at parties. I am actually going to a party this weekend and I don't, the people have invited me over for the first time. I don't think they understand what they're getting themselves into. No, you're going to be the first one there and the first one to leave. Yeah. And it may be between the break. Well, uh, I'll illustrate why this is a poor decision by these people. <laughs> and so you're going to have to listen to the podcast <laughs> if you want that. Uh, but, but Kristen, one of the, one of the things this solves very dangerous things this solves is a very high low um balance a very Mm -hmm. high low balance if if the lowest balance you have in your checking accounts a thousand bucks or more any course of the end of the month you're doing yourself a disservice yeah it eliminates some of that volatility which i think can get us into trouble as well and then back to your other point about oh these personal finance experts had fifty dollars in their checking account i hope the takeaway is that it makes us relatable And that like, we're just people managing money and using that education to try and make our personal finances better. And then using that to apply it to everyday people, which is literally what we do every day. I mean, I use a sinking fund to fund my jet fuel. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. Um, uh, Lifetime Achievement Award winner, all-time listener Jameson down in Texas noted that he uses a sinking fund for federal tax payments, quarterly federal tax payments. Yeah. And that's genius, frankly, um, because, and, and Danza noted the same thing, a former listener of the year. It's funny how these two work. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's, that's, that's what this is about. Yeah. You should not be surprised by quarterly federal tax payments. And I say this because I have been surprised by them repeatedly, yeah. you know, and, and that's what can get difficult is you get in these, you get in these ruts and you have to force yourself out of those ruts. So coming up after the break, here's what's left in the show. We, we've got a, a listener email. We've got a little bit of a student loan hack, a little bit, hopefully if it exists. And of course, the biggest waste of money of the week and the news. You're listening to the Pete the Planner show right here on the Pete the Planner radio network, which of course is something I just made up. All right. Uh, Veronica says, I love using sinking funds. Uh, use them for things like vehicle needs, house projects, travel, mm-hmm. and fun. I, you know, Kristen, I don't know if I've heard them called sinking funds. So I don't know if that's a thing you came up with or what are we doing? You know, I think our SEO made me call them that. Who did? 
I think SEO did. Conrad. SEO? Yeah. Oh, okay. Search engine optimization? Correct. I think that sinking fund is the Googled term, which is why we ran with that. I mean, oh. I call them that. I don't... I don't know that I'm always so concerned about giving, like saying that that's what it is. It's just say like, Hey, I have a separate savings account for these expenses. Are you going to like, will you, will you be at a social gathering this three day holiday weekend? Probably. Yeah. Okay. Like what's your vibe at a social function? <laughs> well, probably pretty different than yours. Okay. Well, what is it? I want to know. Well, I'm from the middle of nowhere, Indiana. And if you're also from the middle of nowhere, Indiana, you know that when people get together, they drink beers and seltzers and they play euchre. So probably yeah. pretty different. Okay. Well, I mean, I've been there, been there. Here's, here's what we got this weekend. Um, I've been invited over to some friend's house, people that I, I see a lot, but we don't really hang out that much. I like mm-hmm. them a lot. Uh, I've hung out with them in the past, but not in this format. And then another family. So it's three couples hanging out and the kids will all sort of play. And these people sort of know me by day, if you will. They, they, they know of the energy I can put out by day. They don't know the, they don't know the weekend vibe, right? Which is, Uh I am not fun. Are they going to be disappointed? (laughs) Yes. And so now I feel this pressure. Um, I just feel this pressure that I have to be on because if That's I don't, hard. it is because I don't, I don't like to talk to anyone. Yeah. Uh, Cause there's a huge difference between Pete the planner and Peter Dunn. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I love everyone from eight to 6 PM, eight, <laughs> 8 AM to 6 PM Monday through Friday. I love everyone. Oh, I, no. will, I will share my love with you beyond that. I'm really tired. <laughs> These poor people. Poor people. And there's going to be wine. So that's going to make me more tired. Uh, And if I'm having wine, I tend to slur my words sooner than maybe my ABV or my, uh, what what would that be? My BAC would indicate. My ABV. (laughs) I know, really, I'm like, I'm fine. But I'm just like, you know what the deal with cheese is? (laughs) It just gets weird fast. Oh no. My friend Julie's watching this stream. She knows. She knows how not fun I am on the weekends. Um, well, okay. and they didn't they didn't invite that many people over. So your early exit will be awkward if you do that. So oh, don't remind me of that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm the classic show up at the door and then whisper to my my wife right before they answer it, what time do you think we're gonna leave? You know, it's like discuss that in the car on the way. <laughs> <sighs> okay. But here's the thing. I want to hang out with these people a lot. I like them. I just can't behave. But, you know, it's because you're an introverted extrovert. I don't know what That's it is. why. Okay. Um, I might be going to London in next April. Did I tell well, you this? No. Okay. Maybe it's an off the air thing. Okay. <laughs> it just occurred That's to me. A <laughs> uh, little family trip family trip rick swink knows i knew he would euchre is awesome i we play euchre all the time i love euchre it's all very midwest uh let's do the thing uh oh i i don't think we got anything left with sinking fund nope okay i'm gonna read the email then okay nothing like 
show production. You know, there's some really good shows. And what they'll do is they'll have all these things planned before the show and they'll have various like stingers and elements. It's like, uh, now it's time for the mailbag. And I don't, I'd rather just like talk about it and figure it out as we go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not everything has to be so polished. I think it's more fun. Gives me anxiety. It's good for my heart. When you see the word polish, how stuck do you get trying to read? Am I reading Polish or Polish? I was just thinking that in my head. So totally. quite a bit. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, I mean, I guess it could just be whether it's the P is capitalized, but you just never know what people's relationship with, with grammar and, uh, you know, yeah. punctuation is. Apparently more than I realized. In three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show, reaching deep into the Pete, Pete the, the Planner, Planner mailbag. I'm sorry. That's that's no good. Kristen Lanius joins me uh, reluctantly. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Pete. <laughs> Kristen featured in Al Jazeera last week. Kristen was, uh, is our director of education here at Your Money Line. By the way, big news hitting the press on Tuesday, September 6th for Your Money Line. Big press oh, release yes. going out. Yes, big news. Given that, uh, oh, I guess, you know what? I was just thinking, well, no one will hear this until uh, the show airs on Sunday, the 4th. But then I realized we are live streaming this on a Friday. So I, I guess I can't give any more details than that. Probably not, no. Um, dear Pete, I am, a, by the way, I'm reading an email now because I'm about to, I'm about to say I'm a woman of color. And that's a, that's a, that's a, a an emailer's yeah. statement. Okay. So I'm myself not. Uh, greetings all. I'm reading an email. I'm a woman of color whose family grew up poor. My mom did an amazing job giving us the opportunities she never had. Unfortunately, she had no one to do that for her, and it has really impacted her financial situation currently. She only has $80,000 saved for retirement. She had more saved prior to the 2008 crisis, but she had to cash it out to support us after her job loss. The recession hit Sacramento particularly hard. My mom is 55 years old. I'm now in the place where I can max out my 401k, Roth 401k at work. I get 10% put into my 401k at work. Not a match. They just put 10% in. I have a pension, but I'm always terrified it'll disappear one day. I max out my Roth every year. And I can put away an additional 20% just for various savings. I'm not a crazy go-getter. I just want to live comfortably and luckily growing up poor, my tastes aren't really fancy. I say all this because the one thing I do want to prioritize is setting up my mom for retirement. The question, what are some general guidelines or strategies for kids who want to start to prepare to support their parents in retirement before they actually have to and when they actually have to? Are there any resources you would recommend, like books or professionals? My biggest fear right now is healthcare costs and how to plan for that without making my mom ineligible for programs for low-income earners. Thanks so much for your time. Also, Kristen is a great addition to the show. She's the reason I started listening. Best, Bree. I mean, this is uh, so earlier in the show. I was trying to describe what, what adjective you'd use for this email. I'm, I'm just going to go back to remarkable. I, I just find it so loving and empathetic 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, a lot of people say, well, I do anything for family, but I don't think a lot of people think like this. So I would start there brief. If you're listening primarily because Kristen's on the show, <laughs> I think, I think you're a remarkable person and, uh, anyone in this world would be lucky to be related to you. Yeah. That was my first takeaway too, is just like you said, people might say that they would do anything, but Brie is literally putting her money where her mouth is. So good for her. Did you say money where her mouth is because it's brie like cheese? Sure. Yeah, I thought that far ahead. Anytime you're going to assist a family member, I think you have to identify a couple different things. Number one, is the support uh, spot support, meaning you just have to fill in a gap? Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to give them $5,000 to get by something. Or is the support uh, perpetual? And, and, And so in this case, it seems like it would be perpetual. Yeah. Then the third element for me, Kristen is, um, is, are the resources that you're sharing going to a person that is resourceful enough to make the best of the resources? So I will note through, through those, uh, lenses, we're looking at both support and perpetuity. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at support going to someone that seems resourceful, very frankly. Yeah. I think I might add in there that you also have to be very mindful. And it sounds like in this case, the emailer would be, but if you're someone listening to this in a similar situation, you have to know right off the bat that there is no expectation of funds to come back to you. These are whatever support is offered, just view it as a gift in my opinion. Yeah, you know, I I, I want to go back to an earlier part of the email that it was really early in the email that I think I think really is the heart of this whole thing. Um, my mom only had eighty thousand dollars saved for retirement. She had more saved prior to the two thousand eight crisis, but she had to cash it out to support us after her job loss. Mm-hmm. Think about that for a second. So the 2008 was 16, no, no, uh, what, 14 years ago? 14. 14 years ago, the mom was 41 years old, mm-hmm. had a bunch of money saved. The emailer can't be that old. No. Right? So, okay, let's just do some simple, let's do some simple math. Oh, I'm not good at math. Uh, well, I'm clearly not either. <laughs> And it's Friday. I run out of math on Wednesday nights. Um, the, 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 the daughter, I, I mean, 35-ish, somewhere in that range. Yeah, for sure. Maybe a little young. I mean, wow. So the, the, the daughter was 19 or, or 21. My Maybe. math is broken. The, the whole <laughs> vibe of the show's off. The math's gone. Yeah, I mean, that's remarkable. And so what the mom's sacrifice did was it, it instilled this sensibility in Brie, mm-hmm. the sensibility of which Brie is quite clearly mentally successful and financially successful. Mm-hmm. And we talk, I talk a decent amount about sometimes when things happen to you, both like your age, when those events happen, if Brie was a young adult during the 08 crisis, her ability to not absorb this additional income that clearly she doesn't need today, being that age is probably what led her to be able to do that now. So that's just, 
kudos to her because not everybody could do that. Not everybody could have that discretionary income and be maxing out their 401k, putting an additional 20% in savings. That's a, it's a lot. I think the tactics that it takes to get this done involve, by the way, I don't have a book that I, I know of no, that either. goes through this. I, I'm not sure there is one because I think this is an incredibly unique situation. Mm-hmm. And I would not recommend even entertaining this idea for 99% of people. And I think based on what Bria shared with us, I, I think she's the 1% that could potentially think about this. Before I go much further, Kristen, do you disagree with that? You win. No. No, 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 no. I I agree with you. And I would maybe suggest to Bree that like, even though it might be an advanced um, or you might not be prepared yet for this conversation, but to consider a conversation with an attorney who specializes in this space, because what she doesn't want to do is jeopardize her mom's ability to qualify for programs. And in our community, there's absolutely people who don't believe that like Medicaid planning is an ethical thing. And I am not on that side of that fence. Um, I think in this situation, especially that's something that they can be mindful of. And then knowing what assets might be protected. Does your mom own her home? Could you be helping her pay off that liability? So she has the additional cash flow in retirement. Um, You don't have to sell your personal assets to qualify for Medicaid. So is there something that you can help her with in her day to day? There are absolutely options, but you do have to be tactful about the support that you give her. Yeah. I mean, that, that area of law is often called elder law. Yes. Um, in, in look, I don't, I'm always, I always try to pick my words. Like every industry, there's good and bad. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Bree, the, the guidance there was read a lot about elder law online mm-hmm. to really educate yourself there. Um, yeah, Kristen, I, I, I think I think there's a way that Bree can accomplish what she wants to accomplish and, and repay her mom. But I, I think the bigger point here is. People love to intertwine money and love and money and family, and they get it wrong so often. And I mean, this just seems like a story of which it's gone right. So it's with that, we take a break. Coming up after the break, more on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Is that the fastest segment in the history of our program? That was so fast. I don't know if it's because we read, a, like, kind of, well, you read kind of a long email, but we ran out of time fast. Girl. I thought we were going to get to talk about the ethics of Medicaid planning. Uh, yeah, Wrong. I really want to go there. Uh, J.O., Julie, my good friend. Hi, Peter. You are fun, although you used to pull infamous disappearing acts at the end of the night. That is true. <laughs> so, uh, you know, friends, they'll come up from uh, St. Louis or whatever and stay at our house and we all hang out, our families. And um, as the night gets later, I will I will disappear. It's like, oh, is he in the restroom? And then I won't come back because I'm asleep. And uh, I am unapologetic <laughs> about that. So this is what I'm Hosting? talking about. You're hosting. Yeah. Oh people? yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, bye. But see, no. this, this, this is this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> no. No, I, I look. I'm a grown man. I'm not like, I've been friends. But with you them. invited people to your. I don't house. care. I, they're 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 like family. I, they've been okay. for twenty years. I'm not. It's like if my sister and her husband, or or, or my brother in law and, and my brother sister in law were there, uh, I would disappear. It's all the same. I don't care. No, that's okay. That's fair. <laughs> I give my energy. To the, I don't know, nothing. <laughs> to Not fantasy Julie, football. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, Not me. Yeah. Oh boy, Kristen, we had our fantasy football draft office draft. 
And I want to go through the projections of who is projected hope, to win this season. I hope Greg's watching. <laughs> okay. Aqua himself. Okay. Here we go. These are the your money line fantasy football final standings projections. We've got in first place, um, we believe it's going to be team Stephen Blackburn. Okay. He's uh and we've also got in second place team Matt Lovers. Third place, Chad Force. Fourth place, uh, is that Madeline? West okay. Coast. Yeah. yeah. She drafted like the entire Patriots team. And so yeah. <laughs> fifth place is me. Sixth place is Aqua Greg. Now, so here's the thing about Greg. Greg's former college athlete, high achieving college basketball player, getting s- projected sixth place. <laughs> In the fantasy football draft. Mm. Notice whose name you haven't said yet. So disappointing. In seventh place projection, we've got Team Miscellaneous, which is That's you. Me. And our beloved Oz bringing up the rear in eighth. <laughs> oh, man. You read reading through this. I love art. We've got so many great people we get to work with. Yes, we do. We're very We're lucky. Fun. And we all make fun of each other, which is arguably a bad idea but i like it so it's what we do <laughs> okay um oh yeah let's do let's just do student loan cleanup yeah. the fighting gals are projected to be fifth yes todd um i am projected to be fifth but as everyone's humble leader i gotta make people feel like they have a chance to succeed even though i will probably win um what okay well you i don't think i'm gonna win well, I mean, you seemed a little upset during the draft. So. I wasn't upset. I was just letting, I was just marking my territory, if you will. <laughs> I mean, if you wish someone food poisoning. That was the, rough. Well, no, I was just, it's just fantasy football trash talking. I don't really want Greg to have food poisoning. I just needed him to know that I'm trying to catch, catch him off guard. Just know that like a snarky look is enough for me. You don't have to say mean things. I'll oh, feel no. just the same. Ah. <laughs> uh, I did. I did wish food poisoning on a coworker during a Zoom call. Yeah, there was a meeting with HR about that. Okay. Um, student loan wrap student up. Loan. Let's. I mean, for now, we'll put a bow on it. There, there's a couple elements we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got to talk about the loophole, mm-hmm. and then does this thing happen? Because now, yeah. now we've got some ideas that this couldn't happen, which is just horrifying. Here we go. And three, two, <clears throat> that was a cough, kind of <laughs> throat clear. Sounds out of the mouth. That should be the name of the podcast. Sounds out of the mouth with Kristen Alanius. I don't know. Why? You don't like that? Nah. What would you name this thing? I mean, should we change it from the Pete the Planner show now that no. you're the star? No, I'm not Why? the star. First of all, you're the host of the show. Okay. No one emails me and says, Peter, so glad you're still on the show. <laughs> Every, every piece of correspondence I get is, "Hey, Chris is awesome." So like, it's just because I'm, it's just because I'm new. It's fun. It's exciting. I'll be old news soon. I doubt that. In three, two, one, back on the Pete the Planner show, coming to you for the fourteenth year. I think something like that. The yeah, show's been on the air for fourteen years, or something like that. I don't. I'm not good with numbers. Kristen Alanius, star of the show, joins me. Hello, Kristen. Hello, Pete. Kristen, we, uh, you, um, me by association, uh, know a lot about student loans and know a lot about what has happened, what is about to happen. 
And we talked about that all last week, but there are two elements here that I want to discuss today. One is amazing. And the other one's a little horrifying Mm -hmm. for the people who are otherwise feeling amazing. So I'll let you choose. Do you want the bad news or do you want the good news? Do you want to end with the good or end with the bad? What do you want, Kristen? You're the, you're the star. Well, if I normally like to hear the bad news first and then that way we can end on a high note. So let's do that. So this whole thing may not happen. <laughs> like this whole, <laughs> I just ripped the bandaid off. I regret what I said. Okay. So let's see. Here's, I mean, I, I, let me, let me set the tone here. Okay. Cause uh, let's go real bad and then not as bad as that. And then we'll get to good. So here's the okay. real bad. We're all going to die. Okay. So that's the really bad part. We're all going to die. The next part <laughs> is the whole student loan forgiveness thing. I don't want to say it's at risk. Mm. And I'm, I'm not even saying that I want it to happen or I don't want it to happen. I'm just saying like for all those people who are really excited about it, it is at risk. Like it may not happen. It, it is possible it doesn't happen because there, there are uh, people who are against it, people of power that, that may be able to fight it in, in court. So Kristen, how much do you consider this? I consider it because I think you should always be aware of possibilities. And that's just because I'm a hyper anxious individual, but some of the reports that I was reading and maybe in the last couple, like in the last 48 hours, this has changed is that I saw that the expectation is that there will be challenges, but that experts in this area are not sure that they hold enough. I don't know if merit is the right word in order to like overturn what the president has said. Essentially, I'm not super concerned, but I, I don't like it. I don't want to see headlines that say, Hey, this might not happen because we only have four months to figure this out. And that is not enough time. Yeah. I, I think maybe the word you're searching for that there's not enough grounds for grounds. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where I, I struggle a little bit here is remember last week on the show, we were, I, I kept wanting to call this legislation. I kept right. calling, wanting to call this a bill. And then I finally executive had, order. yeah, then I had to finally settle on executive order. Right. Um, and so whatever, boy, I love that I'm discussing this. Like I have some sort of legal understanding or like governmental understanding, but I think the grounds, whatever grounds there might be are going to be based on the executive order. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and can the executive order make a fiscal move like this that affects so much? Um, I don't know how helpful this is, but Kristen, where are you at from a percentage chance that this continues to go through versus it is stopped? Where are you at percentages? Maybe I'm being a little hopeful, but my hope is that it's low, like 10% or less. And that's why it took so long to get here because oh. we talked about it last week. The campaign promise was this 10,000 and maybe there's been a lot of behind the scenes. I would hope uh, there I go again with that word research and conversation that's happened. And that's why it took so long to firm this up. And then that we're, we're okay. That the decision just is what it was. You know, that's why I have hope for our organization going forward because of you, because I didn't even consider the fact that the reason that this took so long is because maybe they tried to get in front of how it could be. F- you would hope. You would hope. There I go again. Famous last words. And again, I, I don't know how important it is for me to just like ride the fence here, but I, I'm the, what we're talking about right now. I'm not, I don't really care of whether it should or should not happen or or be blocked i I, i'm we're simply talking about the possibility of it like i i I know 
we get so caught up in what individual opinions are that it, it just clouds everything else. So mm-hmm. I don't care. I, I'm just trying to understand. And I'm with you. I think it's less than 10% chance it gets blocked. I, I'm around five to seven, five to seven percent gets blocked. Oh. Now the good news. The good news is amazing news. Like amazing. some might say, some might say <laughs> some. it's actually better news than the student loan forgiveness itself. Kristen, let you be the bearer of good news. The bearer of good news. So sometime into the administrative forbearance, I don't know how many months into it, it became known that if you had made payments during the administrative forbearance, you could actually request a refund of those payments. We came to know this because of the public service loan forgiveness program, but this was an option made available to those who made payments. Now, what you can do, and hopefully they don't close this loophole either, because in my opinion, it's I think it was an oversight, truthfully. Mm. I don't think that this was the intention, but if you made payments after, I believe the date was March 13th was the official administrative forbearance. If you made payments after that date, you can request a refund of those payments to capture the entirety of your forgiveness award. So if you were entitled to $10,000 in forgiveness, you owe 8,000, but you made 2,000 in payments during the administrative forbearance, you have to go to your servicer directly. You can request a refund of those payments. And then the idea is that you can capture the entirety of that $10,000 forgiveness. You know, where this gets even better is a story that you shared with me is that if you are a Pell Grant recipient, Mm -hmm then it goes even further. It goes to yep. that $20,000 of forgiveness where you could get, think of, I mean, this is remarkable. This is the remarkable show this week. Like, I want you to think about this for a second. A Pell Grant recipient had an economic hardship, which is why they got the Pell Grant. Mm-hmm. They went to school. They got out of school. They started a career. And despite starting with an economic hardship, uh, they're paying on their loans. They're paying on their loans during the pandemic, but they don't have to pay on their loans. Mm-hmm. And now they're in a position where maybe at first they were sad. It's like, well, I busted my butt to pay off my loans yeah. and everyone else gets forgiveness. No, 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 my friend. No, no. You too can mm-hmm. get those funds refunded, those payments refunded and, and get the forgiveness. That's the way this loophole works. I think that's beautiful. I love it. I know someone who is going to have um, a significant amount now in addition to fund a down payment on a house because of this. So I I think it's great. So those are the two elements that have emerged since we did a whole show on this that, that, uh, that we find to be the most important. Actually, I just spoke for our student loan expert. Kristen, what do you find the two things to be the most important? Well, I actually also have to redact something that I said last week because... Oh, yes. Wait, hold on. on. Corrections with Kristen. Well, the original announcement from the president listed the change in income-driven repayment. The White House fact sheet now lists that as a proposed change. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Okay, so I'm totally with you on that. And there was a lot of ambiguity when that came out because it was listed on and then Mm -hmm. it was at the bottom and, and it did... It did. They changed the language. I think they edited it like a tweet. You see, you can edit tweets now. Um, I don't tweet, but Uh, your point. That's why I tried to tag you on the tweet last week. But then I was like, like four people follow her. So who are we going to see? Your family's going to see this. 
I have one follower because I just reactivated my Twitter like two weeks ago. You're a media darling now. I would probably fire that thing back up. <laughs> Gosh, Twitter's hard. People are mean on Twitter. Well, it's okay. Anyway, uh, so for all your student loan uh, questions, we, we got you. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. I'll just say this. The coming months, if you have student loans, you need to have a serious look at what your relationship is with this executive order. Yes. You need to say, do I qualify? Now maybe I need to ask someone that knows what they're talking about. Do I qualify? Yes. Don't just assume you don't and don't just assume you do. Take the time to find out. Kristen, as you've learned, when people put a couple hours into student loan forgiveness, mm -hmm. what they end up with is student loan forgiveness. If yeah. people want to complain about how difficult it might be and don't put in the hours, they are going to miss out on tens of thousands of dollars with student loan forgiveness. Yes. All right. Coming up after the break right here on the Pizza Planner Show is the biggest waste of money of the week and current events. All that's next on the Pizza Planner Show. Yeah. Pizza Planner. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing better than a, a redaction, an audio redaction. <laughs> That's not a redaction. It's a, what's it called? Not a redaction. Edit? No, uh, it's a uh, correction. No, it, correction. why do you say redaction? I guess because there's a lot of redaction last week. <laughs> Big redaction week. Big redaction guy. I know that Aqua Greg's not listening to the show today because my, my slack's not blowing up with <laughs> leave my name out your mouth. All right, let's keep it moving. I got stuff to do. Sorry, Same. Jeremiah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on vacation next week. I got to get the rest of my day wrapped up. Are you going somewhere or are you staycationing? No, I'm finishing a lot of my house projects. I told Ashley yesterday, I said, listen, I said, my the the price that you pay for doing house projects yourself, you save a lot of money. But doing house projects yourself means that sometimes your office is just a plywood floor for a month. And sometimes you just have to live with that. Retraction. Ah, Danza. Boy, I am my I, I got a little bit of a headache. I'm just sitting here thinking about like maybe that's the problem. I've got a headache, so I can't think of words. How much caffeine have you had? <sighs> I had a lot. Um I need more. Uh, I was about to say something. Oh, didn't it occur to you that that $15 or $13 that you were nervous about in your checking account came on the heels of a trip to Vegas? Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be that guy. But yeah, like, it, it, you know what I mean? Well, but the thing is, is the way I was managing my sure. money, I it wouldn't have affected me quite like that. So even though there was a, a trip and like there was another anomaly thing that happened... It, I still wouldn't have felt it the same way if I wasn't man if I hadn't updated the way I was managing some stuff. So I I think it still rings true. Well, you got big subway money, you know. <laughs> I couldn't afford a subway sandwich on Tuesday. That's what I'm telling you. <sighs> I love it. Okay, let's do a thing. Go to be really blah blah blah. gotta find out. Oh, I just looked at my email. Bad idea. Don't do that. Don't do it. Okay. This is a classic biggest waste of money of the week. Like this was, th this is a good one, right? It's, this reminds me of the throwback when I came up with this idea back in 2009, I think is when we started doing it. Like this is a classic, it's evolved into this luxury thing, but this is like a classic dumb thing. I'm right? probably going to want it. <laughs> Same actually. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to pay for it. 
Uh, I'm not saying I'm going to steal it, but three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner show is the Craig Hill eyewear stand. Glasses can be stored in drawers. It says draws in the copy. Draws can be stored in drawers. I mean, you could put <laughs> glasses in your pants and on tabletops. But Craig Hill offers a safer solution. Made from cast metal, the eyewear stand features a tilted design that perches spectacles in a designated spot to prevent loss or damage. By the way, I want to be a voiceover guy once I retire. Don't send him that clip, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it can... Gotcha. It can hold any frame. Oh wait, hold on. I'm going to go a different voice. This is this okay. is this is uh, uh, Mark, the average guy. You ready? <laughs> this is the take. Okay, here it goes. It can hold any frame style while enhancing workstations and bedside tables with its sleek, minimalist look. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so here's what it is, y'all. It, it's it's an eyeglass stand. Like, so I have glasses on right now. I want to show you where I'm going to keep them. On my desk, like, and there, there's no danger because it, it, it says, like, there's nothing unsafe about that. So this is wholly dumb. Like, you don't need an eyeglass stand, do you, Kristen? I don't wear glasses, so no, I do not. Where do you keep your sunglasses in your car? On my head. Oh, so you're a big, like, sunglass on the head thing. Oh, yeah. If I'm not, if they're not over my eyes, they're up on my head, yeah. This Eyeglass stand is $68. I was going to guess 50 bucks. Oh, how much do you think guess. it costs? <laughs> 50 bucks. Oh, nope. Wrong. 68. <laughs> uh, it is, uh, I don't know. It just seems like a incredible waste of money. There's so many different places to rest glasses that don't involve spending $68 on a piece of metal. It looks nice. All right, Kristen, are you ready? What is in the news this week? Let's just say I'm very, I'm nervous about this. I'm no Damien. Have you so ever done the news? I've never done the news. Are you kidding me? Mm -mm. Okay. Well, no, but okay, I think look. I picked good articles. Okay. I don't want you to know this, but I'm judging so hard right now. Then why would you tell me? Oh, no, no, no. I just, <laughs> I, I didn't want you to know it. I appreciate that. Okay. Let's go. Uh, Bank of America announces zero down payment, zero closing cost mortgages for first-time homebuyers in Black and Hispanic communities nationwide. Residents in select Charlotte, Dallas, Detroit, Los Angeles, and Miami neighborhoods will be offered the program first. So it's certain neighborhoods within these communities. So the initial headline's a little misleading. Um, but instead, there will be no mortgage insurance, no minimum credit score, Ineligibility will be based on utility payments, phone payments, and auto insurance payments. I saw this article and I have mixed feelings. Um, my first feeling is I love it. My first feeling is mm -hmm. I, I think that's fantastic. I think we start to, to change the wealth gap, which is unfortunate and comes from years of systemic racism. Um, the part I don't like about it is that I get concerned with low down payment programs that an emergency fund isn't present and then home ownership becomes harder. Home ownership to me, that down payment is about proving that you have experience saving money, accumulating money, conserving money. 
because home ownership is really expensive. Uh, and so that that worries me a little bit. Did you consider that? Yeah, that part worries me too. And also just where we are with the housing market, that concerns yeah. me as well. <laughs> so true. Uh, now might not be the time to not have equity in your house. Gosh, I didn't even think about that. So like you said, uh, it's so hard because so often I see these headlines and I'm like, I love the end product. And then I think about what we're doing to get there. Because the other thing too is surely this the interest rates are going to be higher just by the nature of the way that funds are lent, right? Yeah, you know what? That's a really good point. I, I hadn't thought about this. It's like, okay. No down payment. Surface. Awesome. Yeah. Depth. Ugh. There might be no worse time to get people into this. Yep. High interest rates, uh, uh, a falling market, and no emergency funds. I mean, look, this show should be called Unintended Consequences. <laughs> but that seems like some hardcore unintended consequences. I'm not being cynical. I'm not I'm not being no. cynical because I'm for this program. I just think the timing is terrible. The timing is not good. But is the timing ever wrong to do the right thing? But well, that's a tough question. I don't know. Is the, time, <laughs> listen, is the timing ever wrong <laughs> to do the right thing? That's a great question. I don't know. The timing is never wrong to do the right thing. So I, uh, I don't know. What else is in the news before people turn the station because they feel like my head is in the clouds? Crypto firm accidentally sends ten and a half million to Australian woman, and it took them seven months to realize it. How do they know? Because she was sailing around the world on a yacht. She did. She bought a bunch of stuff and they didn't catch it. There was an audit about seven months later. She attempted to have a $100 refund um, put in her account. And instead they transferred nearly $10.5 million to her. She bought a house. She gave her kids some money. She then transferred ownership of that house to her sister. Um, and the end of this story is that she's required to pay back money, sell the property and pay interest on the funds. Wow, man. That is like a, it feels like a movie. Like if you know, so I sent this article to Damien and he, he and I did not agree. I don't think she should have to give the money back. I do. You're up against two old guys. I what, know. What do you think? What do you, what do you think you're gonna say? This company didn't catch it for seven months. It's not, and it wasn't like she like hacked them and stole it. They gave it to her. They didn't catch it for seven months. Why should she have to give it back? How's that different than filing your taxes and and having a refund later? You know, or uh, having a, a have to pay later? Uh, maybe I'm just salty about crypto. I don't know. Oh, I, don't get me wrong. I, I sent Dame a message midweek actually, that I'm not going to disclose in the air um, about crypto. Well, that might be my next news story. <laughs> and what else is in the news? U.S. equities are poised for more pain and Bitcoin is set to feel the sting too, according to one of Wall Street's most bearish strategists. That is really hard to say, by the way. Say it again. Bearish strategists. Bearish strategist. Yeah, that's, that's no hard. good. Yeah, it's no good. Um. 
So over the past few years, the coin has traded in tandem with the relative performance of high to low beta stocks or individual assets that fluctuate along with the broader market. And this expert goes on to say, as volatility continues across risk assets, he expects the token may fall as low as 15,000, noting, however, that the bearish target is not a long-term view. You know, I think, and, and this is where I have a blind spot, and I'll just admit to it. I think there's nothing dumber than making than making predictions about the price of Bitcoin. I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like stocks, I I actually get they're they're rooted in something, mm-hmm. or at least they used to be. But like that boy, that was an old guy comment. How I mean, back in my day, back in my day when <laughs> I had hair and a tan suit, um, I just I. Well, people like Bitcoin's going to a million dollars a coin. And I'm like, what? Or it's going to 4,000 based on what? I don't know. And this whole, we can expect it to bottom out and it acts like the market. <laughs> who Who is based on what evidence? I don't get it. But this is the thing about like Bitcoin expert. No one is a Bitcoin <laughs> expert. <laughs> <laughs> no no That's one harsh. is a bitcoin expert it's like um uh you know ufo expert no one is a ufo expert there are no bitcoin experts okay according to bitcoin thought leader no <clears throat> sorry and this is the end <laughs> of the old man gripey show there it is starring young Kristen Alanius. Kristen, good to be with you. Enjoy your time off next week. Damien will be back co-hosting when it's two grumpy old men complaining about Bitcoin. Send you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. Bitcoin! That's how the show ended. What's wrong? Um, I have a question for you. I Mrs. Planner answer. and I had this discussion last night. And it it's a great question. Mm-hmm. Do you think aliens exist? Aliens being like beings not on Earth. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like they were living amongst us. We're not going to like the lizard people thing here. We're just saying like, <laughs> do you believe there is extraterrestrial life? I want to say no, but like Earth is pretty small. So how feasible is that? I, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm a math math guy. Mathematically, the, the answer is absolutely. Yeah. There has to be. You know what? As one of the leading extraterrestrial life experts. <laughs> there it is. With and I just I just want you to know who has one of the largest extraterrestrial life podcast followings on the planet. I have to say. Um, thank you for listening. Like, yeah, I mean, can you imagine? Then the, the, the question becomes, well, what's their technology? Are we talking about like single cell organisms? Like, okay, let me go a different place. Are we talking life on the very basic, like, oh, here's a fern? Or are we talking life like, and here's a guy with 19 eyes, but they're not called eyes because they don't speak English. They're called lurks. Like, what are you thinking? Um. Hopefully they're doing better than we are, huh? <laughs> what? Because <laughs> collectively, we're not. <laughs> Hopefully they're doing better than we are, huh? 
That was amazing. (laughs) My favorite moment in the history of the show just happened. That's good. That's, I don't feel like that's true because I'm pretty sure that, I'm pretty sure that everyone's favorite moment in the history of the show when I watched it back was when I told you that I kind of hated that fidelity thing. Oh yeah, that was good Because that was a genuine laugh. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, let's be done. See ya. Um, Kristen, enjoy your vacation. So you, uh, yeah, have a great vacation. I won't talk to you next week. Don't check in, please. We'll be fine. Who's going to do all the media? Do I have to do it again? (laughs) (laughs) Guess it's you and Dame. All right. uh, Have a good week. Everybody else, stay getting money.